Nolan Ryan's kids were probably giving him crap at home, and he was like, <laughs> to bed. And then Rob Ventura shows up and he's like, you're going to bed. You're going to bed. Welcome once again to Chill Filter, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to, but you probably should. You probably are. And that's why we like you. Today, it's a little bit different episode. We've had a couple different episodes lately. This one I'm excited about. Not as excited as I would have been. Uh, we are going to be drinking a wonderful Buffalo Trace product. I assume it's wonderful. Uh, but in the meantime, the big news is our good buddy, John freaking Hughes from Embellish Pod is here filling in for Cole. Um, and here's a little business for you. Go check out Embellish Pod. It's great. Uh, a lot of great live streams. Uh, as I've, I've mentioned to John, he is, oh gosh, who's what's the old MSNBC interview guy? Larry he, King. He, Larry, he said King. Larry he, King. Yeah. Yes. John is the Larry King of the whiskey community. This guy gets some great interviews, even when his people like I've, I've watched him sometimes and like there's people with minimal whiskey content and it are like kind of like on the periphery of whiskey. But John like does he's a great interviewer, man. He just pulls all sorts of stuff out. He's well-researched. So anyway, the business this week, go hit up John over at embellish pod. He's on YouTube, uh, does a lot of live streams as well as all your podcast platforms. So hit him up for sure. Yeah, anyway, term great. You got to make sure you throw out the air quotes. <laughs> No, a wise man once told me, "You're a professional at this, and that's what you are, John." So don't, don't, uh, you know, you. self-deprecate too much there. So anyway, how you doing, John? How's life for you? What's going on with you, man? It's been an interesting week and a half. I, I had uh, I had a had a work trip last week that uh, put me in a position where I flew out to North Carolina and had to drive back. You know, I, I got a case of the itis, like some folks oh, are happening to get, and so. Um, I've spent the last uh, almost 10 days in, in isolation. And uh, luckily, you know, my family is right here so I can still see them and converse with them. But, man, this is for the birds. It's absolutely for the birds. So <laughs> I, ho I hope our friend Cole gets uh, well soon. Well, that's and the funny thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was like, I feel very intimidated to follow after last week's episode with Adam. Like, that's, you know, that, that's, that's chill filtered <laughs> lore right there. It was. And it was getting nutty. to sneak in here this week. No, the crazy thing is, first of all, we made it about a minute and minute and a half into the podcast and we're already down with the sickness. It's already come up. Second of all, we've been wanting like, you know, you and a couple of guys have been trying to get on this summer. Like I would much rather have been like the trio here, you Cole and mm -hmm. I, but you know what? We'll, we'll run it's like he's dodging me. Like the, the two times I've been on, Cole hasn't been here and I feel Seriously, like he's yeah. ducking me. Like he will go to any length <laughs> to not share a screen with me on y'all's. He'll come to my platform. He's not going to yeah. be on your platform. Yeah, no, he uh, he's a he's the guy that's like, I'll go to your parties and mess up your house, but you're not messing up mine. So exactly, exactly, um, it's a smart plug. Yeah. So the funny thing, yeah, Cole, like, so he is he he messaged me yesterday. And he's like, oh, I messaged him like on Monday, and I was like, hey, like you're not feeling great. Do you want me to try to pull some pull some strings and get someone else? He's like, I think I should be good. Yesterday, mm -hmm. he messaged me. He's like, oh man, I, I am not good. Like he's tasting stuff, but he's like, every time he has whiskey, all it is is burn. Like it's just burn for the most part for him. So he's like, yep. can you get somebody else to come in? I messaged John and John's like, yeah, I got you. Not only am I going to show up, I'm going to do the history and, and kind of take that whole thing over. I'm like, dude, you do that because everyone knows my history sucks. It's a, it's the worst. And John <laughs> is a well-researched man, so it should be good. So well, luckily anyway, it was John, something I already had a little, bit, had a little bit of back research on. So that was, that was super helpful. Well, no surprise there. You're all over the place, man. So, um, yeah. So things are getting better. You said you're out of quarantine on Friday. 
Yep. So right? I, I don't know how the 10 days work. If it's like, I got to run the full 10 days. If so, then it's like Friday night. If not, it's Friday morning. And I, and I'm test, uh, I'm the testing is going well. Everything's, you know, perfectly fine, but, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're doing our dead level best to make sure that it stays with me. Uh, yeah. so yeah. And t- tomorrow is the day, whether it's at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, I don't know. Uh, well, how long has it been? You haven't had many symptoms though. So it's kind of no, not really. Yeah. I had, I mean, nothing felt like much more than a cold, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's incredibly lucky, you know, and, and part of that I can attribute to a lot of different things, but, um, you know, I was able to make the drive as the day that I tested uh positive, I was able to make the, you know, 10 ish hour drive home, uh, instead of trying to get on an airplane and fly back, you know, like that yeah. was, that was the, that was the first thing I was like, well, now I have to figure out how to get back to Kentucky from North Carolina without having a car present. So that was an adventure. Yeah, no, that's funny. Like when we came back from Mexico, um, similar thing. We had to drive back four hours from Salt Lake, like our last leg of the flight, <laughs> last leg of the trip. It was like, and- yeah. So I was looking at that drive specifically because at the end of next month, I'm supposed to be in Boise. Boise mm-hmm. is it Boise or Boise? Uh, Boise. Boise. So I'm I supposed say to be Boise, in Boise. I don't say noisy. It's noisy. So it, I don't right. care. But certain people in the area will say if you say. Boise, they'll they'll really get after you. They'll correct so. you. I'm supposed to come there, um, and our connection is in uh, Salt Lake City, but we mm-hmm. only have like a 40 minute connection. And I don't, you know, sometimes that's enough. Sometimes it's not. If you get delayed or whatever, so mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, if push comes to shove, we can drive that. Is it a pretty drive? It's like, is, is it? No, it's not pretty. No, <laughs> it's not. There's pretty. no like mountains. There's nothing. So leaving Salt Lake, there's there's beautiful like the mountains are huge like they just boom like it's like they're right there once you get out of but the tricky thing is salt lake drivers are awful like you'll get cut off like they'll get in front of you and slow down Man, i drive in you can't, can't watch the mountains worse. it can't okay. be worse in tennessee i promise so you can't you, you gotta be like you have to have your eyes on the road you're not gonna get a look at mountains uh and then once you get out of that it's just high desert you know you go through post falls and you get to see like this amazing not post falls twin falls huge canyon that uh mm-hmm. evil knievel jumped over nice uh that's pretty cool but other than that it's just high desert flat <laughs> arid so but it's not no, a I mean, bad it, drive. it's a different it's a different it's a different view than here and so i might it's, have to make yeah. that drive we'll we'll see what happens bad. though and yeah, i've got a co-worker going with me so we'll be out there uh, may have two i don't know it just depends on how our travel arrangements uh line up so i may make them drive so that way i can look out the window and not have to worry yeah. about it it is not bad once you get outside of salt lake though i think it's like the speed limit's 80 and you can go 85 oh, nice. so it goes pretty quick so nice yeah but you will hit some high if you hit high winds watch out so <laughs> you'll see, and it's about the time you'll be here is about the time like kids are going back to college and so parents will like have a sedan with a u-haul trailer on the back of it and those and end up on the side of the road because that wind will hit them and they jackknife it's really it's a good it's a good time <laughs> that, i mean that that could be interesting you know make, make for an exciting trip at least dodging uh flipping over u-hauls what are you drinking there? Did I see something green in the bottom of that glass? Yeah, you know what? I've been running around today. I went, I took the girl, like, so I have an old 86, 85 Dodge Ram pickup that has no mm-hmm. air, well, it has air conditioning, but I'm sure there's so many mouse turds in there. I've never really taken the time to take care of that. And I had the twins with me. Uh, so we rode out to the, the dump early and dropped off a bunch of branches. So we were mm-hmm. hot. And then came home and just like, my, my, my wife's working. So I was doing like, trying to like, get everything done around the house and get, get after the kids. And like, you, you ever seen that Seinfeld where they take the shower and it doesn't take it's like the shower didn't take. That's yep. where I'm at right now. So like drinking whiskey right off the bat did not sound particularly not right interesting to me uh, mm-hmm. or refreshing. So I was like, you know, I'm going for a gin and tonic here. So 
Just oh, a little nice. gin and tonic, got some limes. You know, trying. You know, I, I know you're sick, so I'm like trying to keep the uh, scurvy away with a little bit of limes <laughs> and all that. Um, yeah, scurvy and rickets. You ought to be all right. You got your your vitamins in there. You got some greenery. You got some um, gin, which you know what they used to put quinine in that to try to help keep malaria down or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, no, that's the origin. I think I mentioned this on the podcast. Yeah, the origin is sailors were given rations of gin for their spirits, limes for uh, you know scurvy and all that, and then. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't sailors. It was when they were in uh, North Africa, and then the tonic with the quinine for yep. malaria. So, yeah, my dad loves gin and tonic. I just can't. It's, it's not a thing for me. I, I haven't found a gin yet that I'm like that was delicious. Most of the time, I'm like I just drank cologne. <laughs> <laughs> have you? So, like, have you ever had like Hendrix? Hendrix does a really good. It's like super floral. It's less juniper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so no, no, haven't. So let me let me put it on the list here because I'm I'm not a never say never guy. I'm just uh, it hasn't happened yet. So yeah, no, there's it's definitely uh, an acquired taste. Like I remember in college, my good friends, uh, like that's all they drank. They drink gin and tonics because they were your, fancy your friends in college drank gin and tonic. My friends yeah. drank cheap beer. What kind of what did you go to a private well, college? No, no, I went to the Come cheapest four year college institute in in Washington. That was Eastern Washington University. No, so I so like in the fraternity, like it was just yeah, you know, it was Bush Light, like all the way Bush Light, and mm-hmm. uh, what is it? What's the one fifty one Bacardi one fifty one? Yep. Right. So that's that's what everybody was doing. Uh, these guys were fancy fancy men. And they drank gin and tonics, and I they're like, "Hey, Rob, come come sit and talk with us and have a gin and tonic." Uh, he was like, "Wow, this is like pine saw, man. This is disgusting." Uh, but I've acquired the taste now. Like nothing is, you know. I tell you one thing: like you don't you don't get a hangover from gin and tonics because like there's so much the water or the lime. I don't know what it is, but like there's not a ton a of sugar either, right? Like exactly, just, like, yeah. The, the amount of sugar that exists in whiskey or beer or just about anything that I love. It's just, it's going to, it's just a hangover. It's what that is. Just exactly, yeah. That's why you got to revert back to moonshine. You know, moonshine doesn't do it to you. Apparently <laughs> it doesn't. I could, well, it's not as bad. So good, good, clean moonshine is supposed to be a lot like, uh, you know, good, clean vodka is it's going to be a significantly less of a hangover because it doesn't have the impurities, which are supposed to bring that. But I mean, if you drink long enough, yeah, you, it doesn't matter. Like there's only and so much just, abuse that you can you're put dehydrate your yourself enough to a certain point. Dehydrate anyway. yourself, your liver, you wake up, your liver slaps in the faces. Why'd you do that? You know, like there's a lot of problems that come with it. You know, I wouldn't know anything about that because moonshine's illegal. <laughs> so, excuse me. You're in Kentucky though. Yep. Which, so I, Western Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. What university did you go to? Uh, Murray State. Murray State. Okay. So, yep. yep. Where, how that's close the, to, That's like, the one that's in our town. Oh, okay. And so you just, is that where you grew up too? I lived in Lexington for a handful of years uh, while Lexington, Kentucky, not Virginia, not mm-hmm. Tennessee, not any other state. Um, mom was going to pharmacy school at University of Kentucky. And so we stayed up there for a while, but most of my life has been here. Um, you know, when, after I finished college, my wife who moved here from another uh, city was like, this is where I'm staying. I'm like, cool. I'm, I guess I'm staying here too. <laughs> Can't get out. So who do you, so who do you root for college basketball wise? That's it. Murray State, man. We're, we're mid made, which moved, which moved into the Missouri Valley Conference. You know, like we've got a yeah. legitimate team. Um, no, yeah, that's where we normally stay in the state of Kentucky. You have, um, sort of two regions that exist. Anything that is within probably, uh, 20 miles of downtown Louisville, you might be a U of L fan, although their basketball team hasn't been much to speak of recently. But everyone else in the state of Kentucky is a University of Kentucky fan. 
period. It's a bleed blue state. But you get these little pockets in areas that are near the regional universities um, that that sort of have their own little fandoms, you know, because it's all a bunch yeah. of mid-majors. For sure. All right. So, okay. So the question now, so football-wise, because Murray State does not have don't a care. huge Kentucky football. doesn't care about football. So you don't care about football? Kentucky's not a football state. They've, okay. you know, University of Kentucky's tried to be a football team, but we don't, this is, this is basketball country through and through. You think about Kentucky, you think about Indiana. This is basketball. That's it. You know, we, yeah. who cares about, who cares about football? It's not an option. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I got you now. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Anything else you want to say before we uh, kick it to break here, John? And I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've got anything. Like I said, it was, I just, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Oh man, I'm glad you came. <laughs> All right, so real quick, we'll take a quick break, and we come back. We will have the history. I don't even think we mentioned what we're drinking. We are drinking the Buffalo Trace Kosher Rye Recipe Bourbon, and when we get back. John's gonna give us a little bit of history, mostly on kosher whiskey, I hear, but uh, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of Buffalo Trace or something else in there here and there. So anyway, we'll go to break, and we'll be back in a minute. Yeah, we're back. Uh, I don't know. This is weird to me to say we're back from the break because usually that's Cole because Cole does the the uh, the history here, but Cole's not here and John is. And John, why don't you go ahead and take it away, my friend? I'm just a I'll sad. I'll try not Cole. to interrupt you too much. Oh no, no, you're fine. <laughs> interrupt all you want because uh, I don't I don't know how far we'll get. I I, I shot away from uh, sticking a little bit too much Buffalo Trace uh, history in here because Cole has covered that pretty well in the past. Okay. And so what I decided to run down is like. Yeah, you know, this is Buffalo Trace's entry into kosher whiskey, and what does that even mean, right? Because I don't know a ton of, um, well, I don't really know anything about kosher, and so I got an opportunity to learn about it. So this is, you know, <laughs> I'm realistically maybe I'm using you. I'm using this podcast as an excuse to learn a little bit more about um, kosher specifically. And so kosher laws, they've got their origins in, and I'm going to slaughter some words. Just be ready; these words are not going to go right um, because uh, I, I don't really know how to pronounce hebrew words but kosher laws they've got their origin in the cash root right k-a-s-h-r-u-t cash root cash root don't know um and it's a set of jewish dietary laws that come out of the hebrew bible the talmud whatever you want to call it um and it's on what jewish people are allowed to eat and how those foods may be prepared and so there's a lot of rules that kind of go into some of these things um you know they've kind of been applied over centuries and of course you know when when the the talmud was written when the cash 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 whatever uh, was created <laughs> um you know whiskey wasn't a thing like distilled spirits wasn't a thing and so they have to kind of like extract out exactly what's happening here and so you know you start off with understanding that um there are some things that are very explicitly uh, restricted, right? So certain animals, certain birds, and certain fish. So pork, rabbit, eagle, owl, catfish, sturgeon, these are all what are considered non-kosher. And eagle, how does eagle make it on the list? My, my, Like, who's eating an eagle? <laughs> like, where do I have to go to get some eagle meat? Because I'm interested in trying freedom meat. Oh, man. So I tell you, I, this is completely unrelated. Here comes the first me, big meandering here. I was watching a video. I saw this video. It's like, uh, it was titled breastfeeding mom scares Eagle away. And all of a sudden you, or you see this Eagle fly in and it grabs this goose and it's taking this is like trying to get away with this. Have you seen this? 
No, I haven't. He's I trying haven't. to get away I'm with going his news. He was like, hang, hang. And this lady comes running out, like, you can tell, like, with a baby in her. And she's like, scared the eagle. My question there is, how do you make friends with a goose? Goose are like the worst animals in the entire world. They're mean. awful. Explicitly yes. mean. Like, just let the eagle take it. This, Seriously. It, it, it's doing it, everyone a favor. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. correct. And I, you got to be careful because, I mean, if it's like a bald eagle, like, that's a serious thing. You're not allowed to fight them. Like, you know, no. like a normal golden eagle or whatever, you might be all right, which golden eagles, I think, are even bigger than bald eagles. So like, John's getting into, like, uh, bird fighting, bird fight club here. Like, you can't fight a bald eagle. No, you, you get a so golden eagle, you can bust that they, guy's chops. <laughs> they've repatriated bald eagles into this particular region where I live in the last mm-hmm. handful of dozen or years or whatever. Anytime there is a, a bald eagle carcass that is found that looks like it has something that happened to do, like, with humans, like... FBI gets involved in investigating this stuff. Like this yeah. is no joke, right? So you just let the eagle take the goose. But Seriously. we meandered a little bit there, right? So we, I guess we got to get back in. Um, so other things you're not allowed to eat, or not necessarily not allowed to eat, but are not considered kosher, right? So there's some problems like insects, shellfish, reptiles. These are all things that are not kosher right off the rip. But then there are other things. So there's certain meat and certain fowl, you know, birds, that if they're slaughtered in a prescribed manner, you know, meat, dairy products, whatever, they can be considered kosher. So that's where we kind of get into how does whiskey become kosher? I mean, we're not slaughtering anything for whiskey. You just got to drain the blood out of it. Exactly. Like There's there's certain practices that have to happen for this to work out and so the master this, you gotta slit the master distiller's throat and drain all the blood yeah, out of them after you right into it you need to get it into the mash <laughs> and then there's like certain kind of yeast concerns but so there's there's this other rule that exists that um you know like as soon as you start introducing yeast you're talking about leavening right like that's a big mm-hmm. thing in kosher in kosher rules and so we we kind of run through we get down to they they come in to understand whether it's kosher whiskey or not because it's generically grain right so it's it's wheat it's it's barley it's rye it's whatever right so for this particular mash bill it is likely going to be you know corn well we know it's corn it has to be at least 51 percent corn and it's what's considered a high rye there's a lot of suspicion on what that is so there's rye in here and these are all things that inherently in and of themselves are considered kosher but the process is what becomes a concern. Is there glycerin involved? Is there all of these other things? And so um, they regularly hire these, these groups to come in and certify an area of kosher. So it has to do with cleanliness of the facility, uh, making sure certain things happen during um, the creation process. And then once it actually goes into the barrel, um, you run into this other situation, right? And so for kosher whiskey to exist, for kosher to whiskey to exist, it has to pass ownership um, because a Jewish person is not allowed to own anything with leavening agents during Passover. And all whiskey is going to be aged multiple years. So it's going to cross many, many Passovers, right? So they have to go out and Buffalo Trace, this is what they've done. They go out and they find a non-Jewish employee to pass ownership of these barrels to, to hold on to for eight years because the yeast that is a part of the mashing process puts it in a consideration of being leavened, right? And so they have all this cleaning process that goes into play and being able to make sure that the only thing that is passed through 
the distillation, bottling, all of these things is just that particular liquid, right? Like that's all that's there. But the ownership has to be handled in a very specific way as well. And so, um, you know, the first time I ever came across this, I was like, this seems sort of gimmicky, right? Like what is actually happening here? It's sort of like labeling. um, Some people will label their whiskey gluten-free. Like all whiskey is gluten-free. Correct. But some people (laughs) label it as such and pass it as such and say, oh, this is great for celiacs because it is gluten-free. Well, as the nature of the distillation process process puts it in there. And if you get gluten after it goes into the barrel, like, what are you doing? Are you just like throwing bread in there? Like what's happening? So, (laughs) you know, my, my immediate thought process was that, no, there's like this huge process that went into the creation of Buffalo Trace's kosher whiskey to get it here. Right. And so, um, whenever they, they, they began this process and obviously they began this process, you know, 10 ish years ago at this point, because they're talking about these barrels are over eight years old. And so that's, you know, kind of number one for any whiskey fan. I think you want to understand most Buffalo trace is probably five to seven years old. So you're automatically getting something that's a little older. So you want to search this out or whatever, but there's a lot of overhead that went into creating this particular product. And so they, they put out this letter whenever they kind of first you know sent it out. And so I'll, I'll, I'll quote them. This is their press release. And um, they, they, they basically said in part, they went into partnership with the Chicago rabbinical council to produce this kosher whiskey and carefully adhering, carefully adhering to kosher law, kosher law mandates that whiskey should not be owned or consumed by Jews during Passover. So there's that rule, right? They're not allowed to own it during Passover. And so they have to get rid of it for eight years. You know, you're not going to like pass it back and forth during that years. You just send it to one person. Uh, so they sell, sell the new oak barrels, kosher barrels, right? So the barrels have to be kosher as well. That's that's another thing. Um, although I'm quite sure that they're not like storing animal blood inside these barrels <laughs> as a standard offering. Um, but they they pass all of this to a non-Jewish executive within Buffalo Trace Distillery. So that would imply that there's a significant quantity of potentially Jewish uh, executives with the Buffalo Trace Distillery. So there's an interesting little aside that exists there. Um, but once it reaches it, bottling lines are cleared out. They pass this through and they bring in, and and this is the one that I, w- I want you to pay attention to here, right? They bring in a specific person to be a part of inspecting that the cleaning of the lines for the bottling process is considered kosher. And they brought in a guy named Rabbi Sholem Fishbane. <laughs> that last name is just is fish perfect. Yeah, that's exactly that was my nickname in high school. Like I, I, I small mouth bath better watch out because fish bands on the way. Exactly. Like this dude is immediately <laughs> my friend, except for like, you know, he might not be able to eat some fish because he's Jewish. Okay. Um, yep. but they, they, they wanted to bring this kosher whiskey <clears throat> into the marketplace, um, worked with, with Buffalo trace to create it. And, and they get down here. Like, so there's all this marketing that goes in. And so then my immediate is like, my immediate thought process is, is is this the only kosher whiskey that exists? And it's really not. It's really, really not. There's a ton of other kosher whiskey that exists out there. You know, they have what's called certified and approved. And so this is a certified kosher whiskey. Approved means it is considered to be kosher, but it is not the preferred, right? And so this particular Buffalo Trace offering is, is one of the certified ones, but also almost everything that Jim Beam does is certified kosher. 
the huh. apple, honey, Kentucky fire, maple, orange, peach, red stag, black cherry, all of it, vanilla, all of it. But then there's some smaller distilleries like Journeyman and Koval that are doing the same thing, Laws, um, and a couple of others. But then when you get into the to the approved section, you start capturing up Bakers and Basil Haydens and a bunch of other both uh, a bunch of other uh, Jim Beam brands. Bakers Mate comes into play and Wild Turkey. So is it is it a marketing gimmick? Maybe, but it is a clear certification that is a real thing, right? A human being is a huge part of this. Uh, and it's creating something that, especially during uh, when, when people are trying to keep kosher as, as part of their um, religious beliefs, they can pick this off the shelf anytime. Now, the other problem is that they can't pick this off the shelf anytime. Like, <laughs> how often have you seen Buffalo Trace's kosher uh, whiskey, whether the rye Never. recipe, the weeded recipe, or the rye itself on a shelf. I have not. And that's why I'm so excited to try it now. Like, I, right. When Cole sent me the samples, I was, I was like, giddy up. This is great. Right. Yeah. And I, I cheated a little bit, right? And so I entry buzzed with Eagle Rare because there's there's this suspicion of, is it Mashville <clears> 1 <throat> or is it Mashville 2? Because there's no indication that they created a brand new Mashville for the this kosher rye recipe and i said you know i want to try the eagle rare before i come into it because while i still can't taste really really well i can at least understand is it similar in flavor profile that's where i can you don't spot the difference exactly so and, do you have a, go ahead oh good go ahead you got it no i was like and, and my immediate reaction is is not the same it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not an eagle, eagle rare flavor profile but and you have a bottle of this, right? I do. I have a bottle. Yeah, I have this and the weeded recipe. So, are I've, you I've are you going to do the cork pop for us here? Hold on. Ooh, nice and tight. Yep, that and then a, good. Then I immediately punched my microphone right afterwards. So hopefully, it <laughs> sounds bad. Out. And I didn't come over too bad. So, right. speaking of your microphone, what do, what do you got on the microphone there? What is that? This is, that a koala? is like. A, oh, this yeah. So this is actually from um starward so the the guy interviewed on monday he didn't send it to me this time but um he was working on a um tasting that i had signed up for sent out a bunch of little samples and he sent this and a whole bunch of pins and stuff like super dude jake jake is a super super dude but man i was like hey i'm gonna clip this on here and see how many people notice it and it's been up here for like i don't know two and a half months and you're the first person that said anything really okay well the funny thing is I, i didn't even notice it i you know i Again, I've got children, and sometimes like I prefer to watch your YouTube lives because they I, it's mm-hmm. fun. To, it's you're, it's fairly interactive on that level and stuff. Like uh, you're very professional though. You don't always reply to everything, but like you'll be in the chat I, sometimes. Yeah, and, I try. Uh, I try to, but the, I, I I created this own problem of this this problem of my own here is so I work from home quite a bit, and I work in the software industry, and I really really like tactile response, clicky keyboards, mm-hmm. and so I bought one. Hold on. Can you hear that? Yep. Gotcha. I can't do that while I'm talking to a human being and yeah. reply no, to messages because it's too noisy. And so if I can like sneak a mute in, hit a reply, and then sneak a mute off, it, it works. But most of the time, it doesn't work. Oh, right. so you're like, seamless, buddy. Because I mean, you, yeah, I had a because so yeah, you're uh, with Jake from what is it called? Star Starward. Starward. They're Starward. an American or they're an Australian single malt. Um, really, really good stuff out of Australia. So anyway, like first, like I was listening to him, like, I don't know, like this, 
this guy, I don't know. Like, but the more you got into it, the more you were like talking to him, like, Oh my gosh, this guy is like, he's awesome. This is like such a cool, cool dude. Like it was, it was is, really enjoyable. So, Oh man. Well, and, and I got to be honest, like judgmental Robbie thought he was a little off putting at first. And then like the more we got <laughs> into stuff, I'm like, ah, I like this guy. So, well, that's the, that's the, you know, he, he was born and raised in Iowa, but then he moved to Chicago. So anybody who willingly moves to Chicago, there might be something slightly off about him. Um, <laughs> but I've interacted with him enough times that uh, he's got a podcast too. It's key in the lake podcast, which is uh Really, really good podcast, especially from an insider because he is a Brett was a brand ambassador for Star Wars. I don't know what his role is now, but like all things creative. And so he'll talk from an industry insider's perspective on a regular basis. And yeah, we're going no. down another rabbit hole and you're supposed to be talking. We about are. We are. All right, I'm going to give you a little, swirl, a little sniff here. So it's definitely got some rye spice to it. Not a lot. I get fairly minty. Mm-hmm. Um, mildly sweet. I can brown sugar almost so on my end and and you know mine are are (laughs) reluctant to be trusted on nosing notes for me (laughs) um i get some red berries some slight spice for sure Mm. um and in the oak is more pronounced but everything that i smell that is whiskey the oak is more pronounced right now oh man palette wise pretty oaky like it's but it's not a i I don't think it's over oaked i think cole might actually mm-hmm. like this because it's not uh, but the oak is prominent uh cherries i get a lot of cherry and golly it's got a nice mouthfeel too it's nice it's not like super viscous it's not super light um this good i don't know i like it so far you know? yeah if this is in fact eight years old this is you know kind of in that sweet spot i really like stuff that's right around 10 and this feels that way of course like i said i don't know how much can be trusted but one of the things that i do get whenever i actually taste this i get a little like green grape green appley almost tartness that exists okay i can see that i um i will say one mouthfeel wise i get close and i can't remember cold no because he remembers everything every time anyone drinks any whiskey he'll remember it right um the first time he brought came out here and he brought a bunch of samples like i really was like this is like i I became a neat Mm -hmm. drinker um i I think i'm gonna say it was a blanton's straight from the barrel it was a Blanton's gold that he brought out, but I got a nice like buttery mouthfeel and this right. isn't there, but it's, it's almost got like a, like a buttery oily kind of a, it starts in that direction, which I like. I don't know. I like this, this is good. I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's, it's one that I've, I've had this for a little while. Um, and it's not the first thing that I go to pull, but I never, I don't know. It's Buffalo Trace, man. Like, there's nothing that they've made that I've been like, that was trash. You know, <laughs> like, it, it's always a solid go-to for anything, yeah. at least in my experience. I'm just waiting for the Buffalo Trace, like peanut butter or pickle whiskey. Like, they got once they get into that gimmick, they're like, this might, this might suck. You know that you make a good point. They have not gone that route. They haven't done. They I mean, their their gimmicky is like tornado survivor or warehouse scene yeah. <laughs> or 18 year marriage right or you know grain of the gods mm-hmm. you know th- that's Which, how they do their gimmicks and like it, that being said like that's a great gimmick like that's right. a great gimmick to hang your hat on like there are cl- it's not the, yeah it's not pickle whiskey classy. yeah or tabasco oh man did you ever try that tickle tabasco you know there are times when I hate myself, but I haven't got to the point where I hate myself that much. 
I've never even seen it, but I'm like, if I if I see it, I will definitely try it. But yeah, it's one of it is it is a thing that that I would I will eventually try. But there's so many other things. Like if I'm somewhere and they're like, oh, we got Dickel, I'm like, we got Dickel Tabasco. I'm like, do you have anything else? I would rather try those two things. Uh, it might make a great cocktail. You know, same with the pickle whiskey, same with the peanut butter whiskey. Um, you know, they, they, they may, might be a great cocktail. But Have I, you ever uh, tried the screwball? The peanut butter uh, no, I did have some. I ordered something from an online retailer, and they sent me a sample of, I think it was Sheepdog um, peanut butter whiskey. Okay. And I tried a very small amount out of it. And, you know, I'm already a fan of, you know, your, your bookers, which have a peanutty, brittly taste to them already. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't too far off, but it just didn't taste real. You know, sometimes you taste a thing, you're like, that's artificial, like grape yeah. flavoring. There's never been a flavor of grape that I'm like, this tastes like a real grape. <laughs> exactly. No, I think, like, screw that's fun. Like, you know, throw it on some ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's but it's yeah that's about right. about where the buck stops. It's a, it's a good dessert. It's a liqueur for sure. Yes. Um. I don't know if it's because we're talking about nuts so much, but I get a little bit of nuttiness with some water. Do you have now? I haven't done any water yet. You haven't done any water. Do you ever drop water or drop cubes in your whiskey? Um, because I'm I more likely to put cubes than I am to put water in. Okay. Because that's the thing with uh, like I don't know if I really I, maybe an ice keeper once in a while, but because of the show, like we do water and stuff like that. So yep. I, like I don't know. But I do get the, a little nuttiness. The only time okay. I put water in is whenever somebody tells me to. It just, you know, mm-hmm. like if I'm doing a tasting, they're like, all right, now let's try the water. Um, or I was at a, a an event with another podcast back uh, in May, Memorial Day weekend, maybe. And um, we had a, a whiskey that was made in Indiana and peated using Indiana peat, which I didn't know was a thing either. Um, and my immediate reaction was, I don't necessarily care for this. And they're like, try some water in it and it ended up making it far more palatable. So it's a prescriptive thing for me. Gotcha. Um, I think I like this with water a little bit better. It's, uh, the heat it is a little more pronounced. I get a little more heat on it, which I like. Um, I will say like the oak is kind of killed. The sweetness is killed, but it's a little more like the cherry still for me is a little bit there and it's a little bit mm-hmm. nuttier in a sense. I don't know. What are you getting? You getting anything? It, it it feels I don't know it feels less sweet to me and and brings in more savory notes which is yeah. which is good because this is you know on the first sip it was a real like red berries green apple green grape you know there's a lot of potentially sweet but maybe tart flavors that water seems to have brought it down just a little bit and not enough to like be bad or whatever but fire in the hole um. Yeah, no, I, 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 I it's funny because rarely will I get to the point where I'm like, I like it with water better. But I think mm-hmm. I like that with water a little better. I like, I think you hit like, I get a little bit more nuttiness that, but like just to say it's more savory because I'm really having, it's like nothing's really pronounced. I can't pull out like through neat wise, a little bit of oak, tell that like there was some like some sweetness there, but I'm like nothing's really pronounced note wise. But to go, yeah, the first neat was a little sweet, neat was sweet. And then uh, water was a little bit more savory. I think that's a g- good way to put it. So, mm-hmm. and I think it would depend on what I was doing too. Like if I was just getting ready to sit down and taste through a bunch of stuff, I would probably still stick with neat um, mm-hmm. and go yeah. that route. But if I was going to sit down and drink this for a while, that water would probably be the way to go. And maybe ice is. I don't know yet. Yeah, as far as ice goes, like it, 
did what I does often and killed it. So I'm not, yeah. there's not a lot on the nose for it me. It feels like it flattened out a whole lot. Yeah, don't worry, your COVID's not getting worse, John. Like it's uh, the the smell just is not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of the nuttiness I'm getting, a little little bit of that. But other than that, it's kind of killed it. I'm gonna go for a sip. Hmm. I will say, all three phases, mouth feels awesome. Mm-hmm. Like this got colder. Hey, imagine that. But uh, it's a little, like it's a little, uh, gosh, what am I trying to say? What's the word here? When something is, when you crave water and hydration, the word is, oh my gosh. Thirsty? Oh, I'm thirsty. <laughs> no, like when the way something tastes, when you, it's quenching. Like it's got okay. a nice, like quenching feel to it like I can it's see uh it. it's refreshing there's, there's definitely refreshing there's refreshing definitely is what refreshing i want refreshing is what i want yeah it was it was an unexpected refreshing nature too like i didn't i don't know it, it felt like there was more volume to it not necessarily more mouthful but more volume to it even though mm-hmm. it was a smaller you know i was still drinking the same quantity of, of liquid or whatever but it was i don't know I, I don't know that you can i don't know that you lose with any of these three no, like, I think they're all they're all valuable in their own rights. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I think the rice spice is much more pronounced with the ice too. Like there's a little little more heat there than it was on the neat. Mm-hmm. Um, but the spice is definitely like the forward standing note there for yeah. sure for me. So, and I don't I don't I haven't gotten the rice spice significantly off of. It. Of course, I know I think I know why, but I get a little bit of an anisey flavor that kind of comes in. But that's usually where I am with rye. Okay. Yeah, no, it kind of it does go in that direction where it's uh I like this. This is a bourbon that I would drink mm-hmm. like fall, winter, like it kind of hits where where I what I definitely want. a fall, definitely a fall mm-hmm. sitting around a, a fire and one that if you pour for friends and if they added water to it, if they added ice to it, if they you don't you know they're still gonna have a great experience with it. Mm-hmm. No matter yeah, how they no, drink it. No, this is yeah, I like this a lot. Um I think it reminds me, like, so kosher-wise, like, getting biblical here, it reminds me of the great Jesus, and it's like, come to me who are all, all who are weary and burdened, because, like, we're all right. weary, we're all burdened, and guess what? You're all going to like this whiskey. Like, there's nothing off-putting about it all. It's pretty great. No, there, like there, there's nothing offensive to it. There's nothing, and that, I mean, that's straight up in the just standard Buffalo Trace vibe for me, right? And that's just your, your normal yeah. green Buffalo Trace bottle. It's not offensive it's good straight neat ice water mixed whatever um it feels like that but it does it carries a little bit older to it so it it lends kind of leans me on the idea that this is probably closer to eight years than it is to five so let me ask you this would you prefer like if you like let's just say both bottles same price both Mm -hmm. available whenever Actually, I don't know. Is Buffalo Trace pretty much available whenever to you? Buffalo sale? Trace, right now, Buffalo Trace is like a couple of year, a year and a half ago, it wasn't, but it is right now. Yeah, the same here. It's like I get it probably every third. It's on the shelf every third, fourth trip, every yep. third, fourth week, not trip because there's multiple trips on multiple on single days. <laughs> um, but okay, so if there was this and just like your standard Buffalo Trace, same price, regular, same availability, which one would you pick up? Which would you prefer? I would be. This is where I would be is I I would both because they're both going to be at a reasonable price point, but I would be quicker to if this bottle was getting low 
because I don't keep duplicates of anything. If this bottle was getting low, I would run out to get another one of that to make sure that it doesn't go away as opposed to a standard Buffalo Trace bottle. Okay. Uh, it, it, Buffalo Trace, it's going to be like neck and neck for me, but I'm more likely to replace this than I am that whenever it is just a low bottle warning for me. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I try to keep duplicates. Like it's hard, mm-hmm. like, right, yeah, like, Especially stuff that's like I'll get a Blanton's maybe every once a year I'll find a Blanton's and so like right. I, I definitely don't kill a bottle of that until I have a, the next one because you just never know right, um, right. same like, it used to be the same way with my stags like I used to have a stag junior every year but now I, I can't get I have got, I haven't <laughs> I gotten saying, my new are one you, this are you year still able to do that you yeah, know no like it used to, it used to, like well, the thing is like our area has grown so much and like I assume and I hope that maybe next year our like we kind of catch up to where our, our growth has been in the valley and I can get back to where I get one a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I keep, I try to keep duplicates cause right. Why not? Um, all right. I got a rating, you got a rating in mind. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, why don't you go and go first? You can go first. Let's um, go. I'm going to put this right. It's tough. Cause I want to go over eight on it, but I don't think it's worth over an eight. So mm-hmm. I'm right at that like seven, eight, five, seven, nine range for me, which is a good bottle, right? Like that's, 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 there's no, there's no shame on it, but it's, it's not the, like, let me hop in the car. They got a bottle at the store. I'm going to race to town to find one. Gotcha. Did you, did you mention the price of the bottle by chance? I didn't, and I don't. Yeah, so I you didn't do that. That was, that was terrible of me. Well, no, and that's the thing is, like, so I didn't even think of it till you mentioned that. So MSRP on it is around forty or forty-five bucks. So it's slightly oh, okay. more than a bottle of Buffalo Trace. Now, okay. you're not going to find it in MSRP. Like realistically, I think you're going to be in the sixties or seventies for sure, if I had to guess. But mm-hmm. it's been yeah. a year and a half since I bought this bottle. So, so I'm going to go. I am going to go above it. I'm going to go eight point four. I okay. like the fact that. While there's nothing that's really like pronounced, nothing's really like you know, you know, you can be like some people like you like you like cherry, you like vanilla in your whiskeys. Like here's your, here's your, here's your vanilla bomb, here's your cherry bomb, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this nothing super like stands out flavor wise, but iced water neat. Like I I can't really tell which one would be my favorite pour. Like if I had a it's, bottle of this on the shelf, I don't know what I would pour. I could pour either depending on how whatever. Like I don't know. Like. It's hard to it's, find a whiskey that hits all three and still does well. Exactly. And it's like yeah. in that I, I, you could, I could be persuaded to come above eight for that reason explicitly. Yeah. No. And I think uh, I wish, you know, someday let's cross our fingers and hope and pray that like, you know, Buffalo Trace gets bought out by some old Jewish guys. Like we're doing everything kosher and it's going to be eight. This <laughs> exact. Cause this is like, I, I would say this is superior to standard Buffalo Trace. Mm-hmm. That being said, standard's great. This is yeah. like, it's, it's i would say a couple points better like so I yeah like it. it's good stuff it is fantastic all right man well let's go ahead let's take a quick little break here when we come back we will get into one of our favorite segments a whiskey world news and we're back it's time for whiskey world news part of the show where we read an article we talk about it we didn't write it we just read it then we talk about it and this one comes from the Rob report with a, an extra B. It's not mine. I didn't write it, right? It's got an extra B on the Rob. Uh, and it's titled and written by Jonah Flicker. And it's uh, 
number seven, no more. Jack Daniels, former master skiller, has started his own spirits brand. And John's not his head because John's probably already up on this. He already knows this. So he's preloaded with some thoughts here for sure. In 2020, Jeff Arnett, master skiller for Jack Daniels, announced that he was leaving the whiskey giant after 12 years. At the time, it was unclear exactly why he was moving on. But a year later, it was revealed that he and a few partners were starting a new venture called Company Distilling. In early July, the new town's in Tennessee. Oh, look, you see John, John got up and ran right away. Look at that bottle. Uh, in early July, the new town's in Tennessee location opened its doors. So what exactly can we expect to see from RNS new pr- project? The flagship whiskey was obviously made somewhere else, given the company is just getting up and running. And while there may be maybe a Tennessee whiskey from the distillery in the future. It must be filtered through charcoal barreling before, AKA the Lincoln County process, which you guys listen to Cole already. So you know what that is. You expected that line. This is a straight bourbon that's finished with maple wood referring to staves submerged in liquid rather than a barrel finish. It's a wheat of bourbon, meaning that wheat is a predominant flavoring grain instead of rye. You guys know that. And it's bottled at 90 proof. If maple wood sounds familiar to Jack Daniels fans, Arnett used this type of barrel to finish number 27 gold, a higher-end whiskey from the distillery. But as he told Bourbon and Banter, those barrels are very leaky. That was my nickname in high school, Leaky Barrel, uh, which is why he switched to stay finishing for his new bourbon. The liquid was sourced from three states and distilled in both column and pot stills in undisclosed locations. So that's what I got. You obviously already have a bottle. Mm-hmm. John, any thoughts about that? So there's there's been a few things because I've, I've followed this since he started posting stuff on Instagram. Like it was it was a big deal um, that he was leaving Jack Daniels and that he was kind of starting his own thing. Um, the first is he selected towns in Tennessee, right? So that was the first thing that I was like, ah, I see the direction he's going, and that doesn't mean anything to you, um, being mm, all the way out in Boise, Idaho. Nothing. There you go. <laughs> but towns in Tennessee is a probably a 20 minute drive from Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And if you don't know anything about Tennessee, Gatlinburg, Tennessee is like the redneck Riviera. My friend, it is the place that you travel to for a vacation in the mountains, right? So it sits right in the middle of the Appalachian mountains. You can go at the, in the wintertime, you can go in the summertime, there's water parks, there's all kinds of outlet malls. There's just, just all of the things that you want. So it's a tourist destination, right? And so we know that like, bourbon and whiskey tourism is like this big thing now so the fact that they selected townsend tells me like he's mm. trying to create an experience um but i also know they started reaching out to some pretty significant podcasts early on and i know um that the guys from dad's drinking bourbon john and zeke have spent a little bit of time with them talking about this um what was curious, I think the most curious thing is that they sourced their whiskey from Ohio. So this bottle that I have right here says produced and bottled by a company distilling Columbus, Ohio, right? So that may be where it's bottled, whatever. There's no immediate thought of using Dickel, which is kind of the MO of Tennessee whiskeys that are going to be a sourced whiskey until they have their own. Is that you pick up something else that's a widely available in Tennessee and it has that, you know, distinct minerality that creates. So it it tells me that they're going to be making something different, right? Like whenever you get the company, like Zima, man, something's different. Exactly. And Jolly Ranchers and everything, man. (laughs) That's a super generational joke that maybe a third of your audience is going to get, but I'm, I'm here for it. I'm with you. I got it. Um, But my my instinct is is that they're going to create something that is distinctly different from Dickel, whenever we finally get to taste their distillate. 
And, you know, we're looking at least probably three more years before we get to really, really taste it because they've already started laying down some. I don't know if he's contract distilling or distilling on site. I would lean towards contract distilling. But he's obviously got the chops, right? He, If you're to try to handpick a human being to base your brand on, you know, I think about, you know, Blue Run. I don't know if you know much about Blue Run, but they've got Jim Rutledge. And Jim Rutledge is Four Roses hero like he's the guy that you know sort of like saved four roses back in the 90s and the 2000s and so blue run has kind of staked their claim on him going after a jack daniels distiller pretty pretty darn significant and whatever is going to come out of this is 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 going to be really really interesting of course you know they're sticking with the maple wood that's a tennessee thing it's a tennessee whiskey thing um you know and then um, the, the kind of the, the best part of it here is like it, it says straight bourbon on it, even though it's a Tennessee style whiskey. So, you know, like that discussion of is Jack Daniels a bourbon? If it wants to be, it is <laughs> right. Like there's no reason it can't be. But um, no, I, I, I've known about this for a little while. Super excited about it. I read that exact same article earlier today. Um, you guys must be on the same lane report for whiskey news that I get at the same time. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about what company is doing. I'm excited about sort of their ethos and, and what they have going on. Um, this bottle is, is great, but I, I care less about what's in this bottle than what's going to come. Gotcha. My only thought is, uh, unlike P Diddy, Mo Money, Mo problems, Mo whiskey, less problems because, well, unless it's taxes drinking it. Well, no, unless you're drinking it, the Mo whiskey you drink, there might be Mo problems. That being said, more people making whiskey, I'm in for it. Right. Like more more people that that are, that care about making whiskey. Cause there's a ton Mm -hmm. of people that don't care about making whiskey. They are Mo problems. Um, but <laughs> most people who are who care about actually making whiskey, I'm I'm here for it, man. Like, let's let's grow the segment as much Seriously. as we can grow. Well, that's the thing is like uh, my wife and I took the kids out the other day and went to a restaurant here that distills uh, called Bardenay, and they mostly distill. They do a lot of a lot of a lot of rum, a lot of really, actually pretty good rum, uh, mm-hmm. vodka, and then do like some like variations like a ginger rum, a ginger like this that and the other kind of thing. Well, like just came out this year with a bonded rye whiskey which i didn't even know there was a bonding a place to, i got this thing is like i got to go back and like talk yep. to you like their, their master distillery like where did you even find a bonding place in idaho like i assume in kentucky and and in the on the east coast there, like there's bonding places all over the place like you probably know like eight or nine people work at a bonding facility um <laughs> i don't but that's the thing is like i'm like yeah cool like, great like and it was not a great rye whiskey mm-hmm but it was a whiskey and I was happy to be like, you know what? Like if I want to get a local whiskey that's bonded, like that's the first I've ever seen here in Idaho. It wasn't great, but was it good? It was good. It was good. I would, that's where you got to start. It's very hard to hit the ground at great making your own. It's very tough because like it's, it's alchemy. Like it is the perfect blend Mm -hmm. of science and art where you take something and you put it in a barrel and you hope that it comes out the other end better than what it went in. And, Maybe it doesn't, but if it's good, you've hit a mark and you'll eventually get to great. But if it's bad when it comes out of barrel, the odds of getting to good are pretty slim. So you're you're in a great place, right? Like they're they're making rye whiskey, they're making good rye whiskey that will eventually probably be great. That's like selling somebody on a high fiber diet. 
Like it's not going to feel great going in, but you're hoping it comes out better, right? Like, <laughs> right. You're going to get to a better place. You're, you're going to feel you better be about better yourself after, after it's all said and done. Um, but the process may not be it. You know, you, you, yeah. you may you may feel some some growing pains. You might get a little growly in the belly. Exactly. But it's all right. It'll feel better in the end. There you go. All right. So uh, moving along here, I don't. I John and I have had so many conversations, and I've had to run off and chase kids. I don't know where we're at. As far as this episode, <laughs> I assume we're about on point here because we're definitely over where Cole and I usually are. Uh, but we probably should move along just in the sake of like maybe it's too long. I don't know. Uh, so last thing we want to do real quick. Um, oh, shoot. I forgot to pull this up. John, why don't you talk about the whiskey's color for just a second here? The whiskey's color? Yeah. Whiskey's talk color? about talk uh, the one we just any whiskey. Just talk about a whiskey's color. I pull up. the. You know, it has color. the color of the. I don't know if you've, you've seen the first Jurassic Park, but when the man holds up the staff with the mosquito in it that has that amber on the end of it, oh, yeah. it has the color of the amber in Jurassic Park that is holding the mosquito that they're going to recreate dinosaurs from in a really ill-advised attempt. Perfect. That was great timing. All right. So last two weeks ago, Cole and I asked the question, essentially, what is your sophomore squad whiskey? It's not your varsity. It's not your JV. It's not your freshman. It's your sophomore squad uh, whiskey. Um, and Cole, when he mentioned his, I was like, I should have said that because that's where I would have gone. I went with Bullet. He went with Makers and he won 80% to 20%. Uh, you know, it's one of those whiskeys like, you know, I may not get what I want, but I can get something that does the job, right? Mm -hmm. uh, got some write-ins here. Uh, Miles Ferguson, Templeton Rye, six year. If I can go higher price, but four is good too. I'm not, I don't. I'm an idiot. Uh, Madtown marketer Ben Clepsid went with Buffalo Trace, Elijah Craig, or Ezra Brooks. Um, you know, Elijah Craig, I think Elijah Craig is getting close to the J. It's probably JV to my opinion. But mm -hmm. uh, Ezra Brooks, I think you're, I'm right there with it. Uh, fish and Sips, uh, is Elijah Craig. Well, there's another Elijah Craig. So maybe it's maybe it's sophomore squad. Always available, affordable, and never disappoints. That's true. It is always available. Definitely right. does not disappoint. Because that sophomore squad disappoints sometimes, though. That's that's the thing, right? You can't have something that's regularly consistent and call it a sophomore squad. You got to have something that occasionally misses. And I can get a maker's mark for sure because it's a weeded whiskey that sometimes sort of tastes like a ride whiskey, you know? And I can get Buffalo Trace because sometimes it just doesn't hit the spot. But I don't know. Elijah Craig is, is pretty solid. Now, I will say this. Sometimes, like, going back to basketball here i kids swing you swing between sophomore and jv or swing between jv and varsity it's like right you know we'll, we'll we're gonna <clears throat> play you two quarters in the sophomore game and try to get you if we're blowing them out you get two quarters in the jv right. so there's so I, I would say elijah's kind of that swing player there like in general so yeah uh, good, but, the, but they're, maybe they're the first kids you call up whenever that jv kid gets hurt and is out for the rest of the season perfect they get the call up they're like that's it. Come yeah. on. You're, 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 I'm going to yeah. get a solid eight minutes a game out of you. Maybe a couple points. Get one rebound out of you. Maybe a turnover or two. But I'm going to feel good about putting you in the game. I like that. Perfect. Uh, our Canadian friend, Bro Taskin, asking us, uh, Old Forster, standard favorite. I think we'd probably go with uh, Jim Bean Black for the same. And then uh, Dramhound, Four Roses, Single Barrel. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree here. That is that is close. That's JV swinging varsity almost. I Four love Rose single barrel. Single like, barrel. But the thing is though, you can't even call it because which one is it? 
right? They got they got what ten different flavors of, of single bread. Like that's <laughs> that's a tough thing to call, my friend. Um, and then uh, Brian Rap, old granddad, one fourteen, nailed it. That's I think that fits fits the question yep. perfectly. And then some jerk, uh, it wasn't me who said this, but another jerk behind the Chill Filter podcast account. Uh, I when I posted it, I I labeled mine Bulletin Rye because I'd autocorrected. And some jerk on the chill filtered Instagram account said anything on the bulletin board. Ah, thanks a lot, Cole. Gosh, can't stand that guy. Anyway, this week, kind of going off our whiskey world news, John. If you all of a sudden got pulled up to the varsity squad, and I'm like, John, we want you to come on as master distiller. I know you don't have the pedigree. I know you like whiskey, but I really believe in you. I think you can win us the state championship in four years if you could become master distillery of any distillery what distillery would you want to become master distiller of what would you like to take the reins on i don't know that's a see see that's that's a tough one right um because i gotta take the place of somebody who i you know like got to take the place of somebody who I think maybe isn't doing the best job. Like I can't say like a wilderness okay. trail because nobody should ever take Pat Heist's job. Like he's the guy, right? Like there's a whole thing that's going on there. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just become another name, another face in the, the maker's mark repertoire, right? Because I can make a, I can make a solid thing, not a hero, never going to be a hero, but I can make, create a, a, a solid flavor profile over and over and over again and be consistent okay and bat 275 maybe maybe 280 so are you a baseball guy too then? not really no not really okay not no you know when i was when i was super into baseball I, I was a huge nolan ryan collector of baseball cards and then uh didn't really care about hitting at all just didn't but i know <laughs> that's a, that's a fair place to be is, is a bad i will say nolan ryan substantial what a great what a like a man's man of manly men right like who right. who who does not like nolan ryan um robin ventura <laughs> you say if i could i re- put you in a headlock right now if we were in studio together that was that was maybe my favorite baseball card to collect as a child it was like uh robin ventura gets 12 hits off of nolan ryan in one game and it's just him in a headlock giving him <laughs> giving him a beating because he was he was easily you know forty at the time, and Robin Ventura was in his twenties. He made a terrible mistake. He went to like old man strength, which is a thing where it's like I bet right. Nolan's Nolan Ryan's kids were probably giving him crap at home, and he was like, "Go <laughs> to bed." And then Robin Ventura shows up and he's like, "You're going to bed. You're going to bed." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. I am going to go a uh, very sophomore. Speaking of sophomore teams, I'm going to go a sophomore direction here. And I'm going to be the master dealer of Dickle because you know nice. what? I want to be the big dog at the big Dickle. That's me. Absolutely. And nothing wrong. That's a good call. It's a really, really good call. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Okay. And then the last thing we got to talk about here is uh, I texted Cole and I like, Cole, like, what are we going to drink next week? He's like, you know what? Let John pick. And John picked between two. Scotches of all things. You're a Kentucky yep. guy and you're picking the scotches. Now I will say this is one thing I thought about, and one thing I appreciate about our podcast 
and similarly in yours in a different way but like on our like there's not a lot of like there's a lot of bourbon podcasts mm-hmm. right it's like it's very bourbon centric we are not a bourbon centric podcast no we do drink a lot of bourbon because bourbon's available but we love it we we dibble and dabble everywhere we can we got we've been to india we've been to uh australia we've been to iceland we go to japan we go to scotland we go to ireland we go like we go wherever world we can. travelers you are we, world we, travelers i've i've been there on taste only um uh, but anyway john he's like you know what let's drink some you guys should drink some lagavulin so we're gonna go between lagavulin 16 and lagavulin uh 11 year nick offerman edition so we'll put that up next week on tuesday uh assuming cole is back with his faculties he'll post that if not i'll do my best and it'll be definitely be the freshman squad of pick two tuesday because if not i'm i know i'm pretty sure i got a, a log of Ulan 16 sample over here hey you know what you could Nick be Hall. you know we've been we need to get you on again like that's the thing is like we have to have you on our show with all three i will say last uh, we came out in January or for us came out in January, but when we came on your show, like, man, I loved it, man. It's a lot of fun. It was, it was are fun. Gonna, are you going to do any more of the game show kind of thing with, with folks? That's the plan. That was fun. That, yeah. That, that, that is absolutely the plan. But, um, you know, I, I, I talked about this a little bit earlier when we were off camera. Uh, every time I reach out to a person, I'm like, Hey, you want to come on my podcast and talk about whiskey or whatever? And they're like, yeah. And so I never get to the point <laughs> to like, it just, it, it it sounds like a real humble brag, kind of being a jerk or whatever, but like I never get back to let's just bring some folks on and drink some whiskey. Right. Like I, I don't get back to those things because then, you know, people are like, yeah, let's, let's do it, you know, or, or whatever. I, I'm, I'm waiting we'll for people it. to say no to me. Well, golly, you, you've got a different problem than us then. Cause I've, we've reached out to a couple of folks and maybe I'm also not swinging high enough. You know, like that, that's the other part is that, you know, there, there's, there's been a couple that have said no to me, but I also, expected to know you know like when you reach out to like the guy like yeah it's not gonna happen yeah well the rock is not interested in coming on chill filtered neither is gwen but maybe you can get kevin hart (laughs) have you seen much of their like press release stuff going around lately like Uh, uh, i watched the tortilla challenge today of the rock and kevin hart where they're doing their their tour on super pets there was a, a super pets you gonna go see it you got the kids you can come out of quarantine. You can go see it. Yeah, yeah. That's so. That's funny. The the girls we went to the. I might go without my kids. Ago. I don't know. You can do that, but we took the girls to the, see the Minion movie a couple weeks ago for the first time ever in a movie theater, mm-hmm. and we drive by it frequently because it's on the the theater. And like the theater, the movie. We'll go to the movie theater. So I'm like, we gotta go. See, we're gonna go see Super Pets. So I, I'm excited for that. But uh, no, their press stuff has been hilarious. Like there's like. Yeah. So the lady's like, you recently bought your mom a house, The Rock. And, and Kevin Hart's like, about time. And he's like, no. Like, anyway, it's, it's pretty good. The, their stuff is great. They're Kevin always going to have a great dynamic yeah. for sure. Um, anyway. All right, folks. So we'll put that on Tupic Tuesday. And other than that, I think we're And John, anything else you want to say to the chill filtered audience before we uh, start hoping away? No, I, uh, other than just sheer apologies that I can't <laughs> deliver quite like Cole does. You know, he's he's the king here. And he I'm is. just a simple jester in the court. Oh man, no, no, I am the jester. So I mentioned it, mentioned to John at one point, like when Cole moved to East Coast, I was like, maybe we got to bring a third person in to make this recordable and doable. And then I thought, like, if we bring if we bring John on, like, I am the stupidest person in the room by far. <laughs> Not quite. I don't, I don't think that's true. And here's the thing: so you, we can rewind the clock. We can go back to January. 
and you can watch the episode that you guys joined me where y'all tasted and y'all's notes were virtually identical. Right, so you don't get to play the I'm the dumbest guy in the room whenever you're going toe to toe with the king, right? You may you be go. the king slayer here. <laughs> I'll take Same. it. And you know what? All right. Anyway, John, thank you so much for coming on. I hope we really get a chance to get you on with all three of us in the near future for sure. Yeah, that would be. I'm, quit ducking me, Cole. Like you're getting sick just to duck me. That's 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 a whole thing. <laughs> But most of all, listeners, I hope our love of spirits lifted yours. You're both yeah. idiots. Sweet. Who does not like Nolan Ryan? Um, Robin Ventura. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, no fun for me. And as yep. soon as it's not fun for me, I'll go find a new hobby. A cheaper yep. one. A cheaper <laughs> one. <laughs>